Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This has become, for me, therapy. Uh, My weekly session to sit down with Noah Rubin, co-host here, uh, as he once referred to me, co-producer. I still don't quite understand that, um, as I'm the only producer, frankly. But it is it is good to see you on the phone. It is good to hear from you. I think that's been one of the the best parts of of all of this is just been able to being able to interact with people um, that I haven't necessarily heard from for for many months, many years. Um, but you are in the epicenter of where the coronavirus epidemic is hitting the U.S. hardest right now, in. New York City, out in Long Island. I know it's not quite as bad as it is in the city. What's your experience been like? What have you been hearing from your friends who are more, I guess, closer inside the city? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been pretty crazy. I mean, people have been speaking about uh, the city and how it could be, you know, when nighttime comes and they're looking at apartment complexes or businesses, like lights are closed, the city's dark. It, it is a dead area and it's Pretty scary to think about, to be honest. Uh, that's kind of the world we're living in. But here in Long Island, uh, from what I've seen, I, I, you know, I don't love what I've seen right now. I, I yeah, people are using gloves and and hand sanitizer and masks, so I guess they're trying to be cleaner about the whole situation. But at the same time, they're doing things and trying to live a little bit too much of a normal life. Uh, I'm I'm looking at people who are at the park with 15 other people. I'm, I'm, you know, looking at too many people in the restaurant. I get it's takeout, but if we're all waiting for takeout in the same restaurant, that's people waiting. I mean, um, so again, I think we have to crack down a little bit more. Obviously, um, you know, the people in charge have been doing a good job uh, in certain regards. And I think New York has been kind of setting the precedent for how it should be taken charge, but I think we could take it a step further. I think restaurants should be delivery only. I think, you know, I think there should be a lot of other rules in place right now, but um, I think we have to appreciate how crazy of a time this is and how we can't do things we wanted to do two months ago. I was saying to somebody earlier this morning, actually, we're recording this uh, Saturday morning, but I was saying to somebody earlier this morning that I just didn't I didn't realize that this would be an issue that divided our country along political lines. I know that's naive, um, but you and I were talking about this a month and a half ago or so that I was worried that this was going to impact us financially, if not, you know, medically, if you will. Um, I, I, I just didn't, I didn't know we would get to a point where, here we are as we're recording on March 28th that we are having these two sides of people saying human life is the most important versus we need to get our 
economy back up. And I, I guess, again, maybe that was naive on my part, but it's still a bit, I, I don't know. It's it's surprising, and I, I guess I thought that the regard for human life was higher, and that that was the most important thing. And maybe I'm I'm wrong in certain areas. Yeah. Again, I think people want to argue just for the sake of arguing, and you know, <laughs> just want to have a reason to go against the grain. And you know, if if life around you isn't affected, if you don't have somebody near or dear to you that you know is is seeing the symptoms or you know, dealing with a death in the family, then maybe it's tough for them to actually comprehend how deadly this can be. And I think that's a problem for a lot of people. And then you have, you know, just the idiots of the world licking toilet bowls. And I have Jamie saying that's not even how you get coronavirus and you're just a dumbass. So it's, you know, this is kind of the world we live in. And I think, you know, not to be so... <laughs> unkind during these times or or you know i i used to you know i looked at people uh and see people doing really dumb stuff whether it's an incident and i'm like oh my god we need a flood and you know now dealing with this it's like oh that's kind of a really ignorant thing to say but at the yeah. same time i'm looking around and i'm like these some of these people you know this is these are the reasons we deal with some of the issues we're dealing with nowadays because we have kids looking toilet bowls and thinking that's like a cool thing to do and um, so it's, it's been a struggle to see, um, at times how people have reacted. Um, and again, we can't live normal life right now. People have to stop trying to live a normal life in this day and age. We can't go to parks. We can't, you know, have 20 person parties. And I think we just have to get used to that. For me, I have become stay at home dad. I have Marnie during the day. I'm trying to do the best I can to teach a five and a half year old um, how to read and write a little bit better. Which is tough when of... you're illiterate yourself. Okay, we're <laughs> um, we're we're doing the best we can though, you know. And it's it's um, I'm trying to be a little bit more compassionate towards myself and saying, you know what, it's okay if she watches one extra show per day because I'm a little bit stressed. Um, and that's that's really hard as a parent, and I know a lot of parents are, are dealing with that. This is, I would imagine, Noah, the first time you and Jamie have essentially been living together yeah. uh, for more than a week or so at a time. And, uh, yeah. you know, no, it's... you guys are still together for, for now? <laughs> we are. Uh, and, again, this is not to take away from everything that's you know taking place right now. So before I get any hate mail on Twitter, which I always do anyway, so I don't have to preface it anymore. Um, yeah, it's actually kind of given us an opportunity to be with each other. And in my place, you know, this is a place I worked so hard to put together so many months. And I normally get to spend a few hours here and there, a few days here and there. And now I get to do it with Jamie. So um, it's kind of been really nice at times because... Yeah, I mean, for tennis players, it's I like to say that we're on both ends of the spectrum. We're super prepared for this life, a lot of it, because we're just built on loneliness and, and being alone. But at the same time, we're used to traveling a lot. But, you know, here I am having an opportunity to um, be with Jamie. And, and she spent a lot of hours of the day studying for veterinary school right now, even though 
they kind of canceled all classes and moved them all online. She still has a lot of studying to do. So it's cool. I mean, she studies downstairs in the basement and uh, we reconvene and it's like we miss each other. So, but we still have mm -hmm. each other in the house. So again, it's been a kind of a, a special time for us because we never have the opportunity just to live life together, even though this is not truly life for us, but it's it's kind of been nice at times. Before we start talking about, uh, Noah, some of the things that you have started doing within the tennis world, we want to make sure we thank our patrons on patreon.com slash behind the racket pod. We've had a, a, a large group of new supporters over the last couple of weeks, and we really haven't had a, a lot of time to thank them. So we, we want to take a little bit of time to thank our latest supporters. And again, my apologies if I mispronounce your name off, <laughs> off the jump here, but uh, Daniel Ostolowski, a $10 supporter, Edward Hefner, thank you so much. Yako Rubens, uh, Elon Weinstock, Jonathan Holtz, Candice Eubanks, uh, you might know her, Noah, yes. uh, related to one of our most, uh, our, our first guests, actually, back in the day, Mr. Christopher Eubanks. So, Candice, thank you so much for your support. Lori Porter, Lee Levine, Leonard Lee, uh, Sean, Steve Belsito, and Tiff Reimer. Everybody supporting us at patreon.com slash behind the racket pod. We've obviously are, are trying to, um, adjust how we're doing some of our benefits right now and and Noah and I need to talk about that because of the fact that things are obviously changing um, pretty drastically but we will make sure we thank you appropriately for the level of sponsorship that you are at so to all of you thank you so much especially in these trying times we know that the economy is is obviously hurting pretty much everyone so thank you for your support of what we're doing here mm -hmm. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Now. Noah, I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about um, some of the things that you've been doing in terms of the tennis side. Um, I know this has been a very busy week for you. Explain how you're trying to reach out to other players. Yeah. I mean, first, I want, I want to thank everybody that supported us as well. Thank you for giving me the chance to speak. Um, but, wow. <laughs> yeah. but yeah, no, no, we really do appreciate it. You know, we, we enjoy this as much as hopefully you guys do. Um, but the support means a lot and we just want to try to make this better and we will get the, the appropriate thank yous and uh, show our gratitude as uh, we come together and think of a few ideas. But yeah, I mean, uh, I feel like this new life of mine has been far busier than my tennis life. And it's mm. funny to say, but I, I see I feel the same way right now. <laughs> I really do. It's It's unbelievable. I'll, you know, the days go by so fast. Weeks kind of go slow, but. You know, it'll be like six o'clock and I, I've made like eight phone calls, answered 
30 emails spoken to and it's just like oh my god this is this is a different world for me i'm not even accustomed mm. to it so um you know i've been working on about three or four projects some obviously i could talk about because people know like behind the racket this is giving me and you know sadly sadly giving me an incredible opportunity to interview tennis players because a lot of them are at home, you know, dealing with uh, what, you know, everybody else is dealing with. So I've been doing three to four a day at this point. Um, so that's why I kind of have a pretty consistent base of interviews, which, you know, not to think uh, what's going around, but it's been pretty good for me. And uh, on the other side, you know, I've, I I know Vashik is working on things. He has a group of, of players um, based on the meetings that were taking place in Melbourne. He has he has a group uh, uh, that he talks to and, and WhatsApps and texts and everything. Um, you know, that wasn't every player. I wanted to get a lot of other players involved and I wanted to start hearing the opinions and thoughts and ideas behind a lot of the other players. And I, <clears throat> excuse me, used my contact list to get about 85 tennis players and then I other players that were a part of the group gave me contacts and I started adding. So I have like about a hundred people in this WhatsApp group that I, that I originally just wanted to share ideas and talk to. And then obviously you put a hundred tennis players in the same group text. It's not going to be as organized as I thought it was going to be. So um, I used it for good and, you know, but then I broke them into smaller groups, asked some questions that I had, showed them the ideas that, you know, I was thinking about, gave them everything I was working on. And, you know, it's what does that mean? You know, what do you mean ideas? And yeah, I mean, so, what were you talking about specifically? Yeah, obviously, I was not very specific. I just wanted to kind of give you the layout. But to be yeah. more specific, obviously, we've spoken about this with Gabby. We've done it in the podcast before we have issues with tennis. That's very clear. We That's almost yeah. why we have this podcast. Um, we don't want to see these six months being wasted. We don't want to come back, whether it's four months, six months, 2021 and say, wow, we did not use this time for good. You know, we've seen the history where people have wasted time or people have used trying times like this to reinvent themselves. And I've used it to try to push my ideas and, and, learn about what is trying to take place in the world of tennis to evolve. And I've spoken to ATP. I've spoken to world team tennis. I'm getting on a phone call in the next few days with UTR and bouncing my ideas off of them, hearing their ideas. And while I was doing this, I was like, it's good and all. And of course, because I'm narcissistic in a way, I think my ideas are best, but at the same time, that's just, me saying that so i also want to hear from the players and i want to get you know i'm okay with being the spokesperson and honestly do i think i should be i actually enjoy that but mike doesn't agree with that which no I'm, which i'm that's fine i'll fight you any day of the week which we already <laughs> do but i wanted to hear what the players had to think so i can go in knowledgeable so when they say what do the players think at least i have a hundred other players from the rankings of you know i had a i had 10 inside the top 100, some closer to the top 10 even, um, but mostly from 100 to 250 area. And just hearing about what they thought about my ideas, if they had any of their own, how they how they could see this working, just to get a, a rounded idea of what's going through their heads. 
Are people giving you actual pushback? Tennis players. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, I, I, is there somebody who's legitimately saying you're you're a dipshit? Because I if I I say that you know jokingly, obviously, but it, I I'm always one of those people who thinks that if you don't have somebody who is just saying to you, no, these ideas are stupid you're not really getting the full picture. Do you, does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. I mean, you, you need an adversary almost to make you think yes. deeper into it. Um, do I? No, I don't have people call me a dipshit for... Most people agree with the basis of it. There are some mm. that still think that tennis is a growing sport. Yeah. And I try to give them, give them at least some of the reasoning why I think that we are reaching our capacity within the system that we're in right now and, you know, showing them that, you know, obviously during this pandemic, it highlights some of the issues, a lot, most of the issues that tennis has, and they're starting to understand that. I mean, first of all, people are thanking me, which I never thought would happen. I have players on all rankings saying, thank you so much for what you're doing for the sport, which I never thought would be the case. Um, but I definitely have people that are saying, okay, I want individual tennis i don't know why we're fighting for team tennis i don't necessarily agree that the season should be shorter or mm. i i don't know if um you know cheering should be escalated i don't know if unlimited patches is a thing that would work so i definitely have people fighting against me on all fronts mm. i actually don't maybe have enough full support that i thought i would have but in the end i think the common goal is there i think it's just narrowing down I, this is the first opportunity that I had to at least go up to the players and share not only my ideas, but how I got to that idea, why I'm taking such drastic measures. I think they don't, they didn't see all the steps I took to get to that final idea, but I'm saying, Hey guys, we don't have money. ATP's telling us they don't have money. I think we have to do full fundamental and foundation breakdowns to actually rebuild the system to, to get a, a new form of revenue because i mean right now the only thing i've gotten is, is a rebate <laughs> that's the only thing i've gotten from the atp was my my fee my dues so um it's been really cool having the opportunity to talk to so many people um and i think having that information now i'm, I'm literally i i sent this i made groups of eight to make it smaller i sent them questions and i just said hey guys simple answers just so i could put it in a word doc and have um, basically a long extended poll just so I can gather information. And it's, you know, it's, it's kind of the first step that I'm dealing with right now. And, you know, second is kind of seeing how many conversations I can be in with, with exec execs. With no disrespect, as you're saying all of that, Noah, you have a large group of people there and that's, that's great. But I think the argument would be if you don't have one of the big three or big four, if you include Andy in that, you know, again, no disrespect to you, although I like to disrespect you a lot. But without all of that, without those guys, does it really mean anything? Yeah, no, I've, we've already spoken about it. One, I, I disagree to a certain extent. Yes, I, I, I completely back the idea that people would still pay for a Grand Slam if Federer and Nadal were in the finals and the, they only had like a fake semifinals and then they played a final match. I still think the support would be there for them. So I do think we need, you know those guys behind us. But at the same time, you're talking, if I get, and, and Vashik gets, you know, we get out of 250 of the top players, 
we get 125 players to say something, I, I still think we'd, we'd have a voice. So I think that can't be looked down upon. I think we still have to fight for that. Um, I did just get um, the the contacts of, of Novak and Murray, and I'm, I'm planning out a way to go to them. Obviously, there is a lot on their plate even during these times. I'm sure even more on their plate now. But I think I have nothing to lose. So um, again, I still think even with those names on top, it's Federer that we're looking for. You know, if you, if one of the things I'm working towards and why I'm talking to a world team tennis or a UTR is trying to make a competitive league to the ATP. Hmm. And a name like Roger can do that. You know, That's... if I if I come out with an idea that has a competing league and still has grand slams within it. Okay, I think we've just hit a different level that I was not prepared that we were going to go to today. Oh, um, yes. Okay. Uh, I know you have something you have to get to here in just a couple minutes, another Behind the Racket interview that's coming up. Um, so as as we wrap up, what has been the communication? You mentioned just briefly that the ATP has sent you rebates um, for your dues. What has the communication been from the ATP this last week? Yeah, you know, we're, we're getting emails, got one today, uh, telling us about kind of the updates they're looking at. Uh, you know, 60 to 90 days about first round prize money for Indian Wells. Um, no talks in the email about further stipends uh, for reimbursements or for, um, you know, uh, uh, not even a percentage, just just money per month for players in Division One or Division Two. So that seems like it may be out of the question. Um, talking about ranking points and how they're freezing them and, and, and talks about how they will push forward and then also talks about possibly an earlier decision for postponing tennis. Um, Wimbledon is coming together next week and that will probably allow us to make a decision about June and July. So um, obviously, you know, if I was a betting man, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, well, we won't have grass courts this year and uh, sadly, because it's a grass court event and it has to be managed, we might not have Wimbledon this year. So that's kind of the things that we're facing right now, some of the challenges. But um, it seems like we're not moving forward in any directions, and that's not putting down the effort ATP is putting in place. I'm sure the effort is there. I'm just saying that I think the urgency to see the bigger picture and be proactive in a time like this is not there, and that's why I'm working so hard um, with the help of players to say, hey, let's not look back and say, wow, we were just fucking idiots. And we used this time and we not only got back to the same place, but a worse place because we know that tennis is not going to be in the same place. We're losing sponsors by the day. We're losing tournaments. Every year, slams and tournaments you know, use their own events to make money for the following year. They need every year to improve. You know, They can't have a year off. Um, so it, it's a scary time for tennis players, obviously the world preface that again, but, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm worried that, you know, it's going to be a waste of time, which is why the competitive league is something I've, I've looked at greatly. Well, I, yeah, I am, uh, I was not prepared today to start talking about a new tour. So, um, yeah. I have lots of, uh, questions and thoughts that I think we're going to have to wait and get to, uh, another time, Noah. Um, well, we'll have time. Yeah. Well, yeah. I have no time ever, but um, we'll find a time. Damn it. 
Um, my best to Jamie uh, and your parents, and um, give them give them all my love, and you take care of yourself as well. At some point um, on one of these podcasts, I would really like it if you put on a shirt, though. Just <laughs> one time, put on a shirt. That's all You're I'm like asking. I have pants on today. I don't know that you have pants on or not. I, I have no, no idea, no, frankly. It's for the best. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm I'm good, you know? We're uh, good. Everything's good. Okay. Love you lots. Yep. Love lots.